Karen Littlewood is the president of the OSSTF. Her thoughts on the continued um, aggression between QP and the provincial government and where it goes and how that impacts her union's ability to get a deal done. That's on Tuesday's Toronto Today. Um, I think yesterday was a tough day, though, in the province for education. You can kind of sense the the temperature of the water. It, it doesn't feel great right now for anybody. No, it certainly doesn't. You know, I really I feel for CUPE, but in OSSTF, a third of our members are in that same job class. They are education workers. They are providing those essential supports for students to make sure that schools are operational, that we're able to keep schools open. And to see that type of legislation being imposed, it's it's one thing if, you know, a group is on strike and then there's back to work legislation. This is totally different to have preemptive legislation along with an imposed contract. I don't think many people in Ontario could imagine this could happen. And then you throw in the notwithstanding clause too. This is what a day in Ontario yesterday. Does this make sense that two weeks ago, Doug Ford begged the unions and said, don't go on strike. In essence, don't push me um, because there will be consequences. That clearly yesterday is the start of the consequences. Well, they've been saying that since the middle of July. The Ministry of Education said schools will stay open. OSSTF has been saying the same thing. Schools are open. People are in school. It's the stability that we need in Ontario. Um, But, you know, it seems like this was something they were just ready for for the perfect moment that they could say, okay, here comes the legislation. It it seems like it was uh, was predetermined. Um, Things being offered at the bargaining table from what it looks like publicly were really not going to meet the needs of those those workers who have three and four jobs and are many living below the poverty line. So when you consider what the government has presented and then to come down in such a heavy handed way, it really is very shocking. Explain to our audience any kind of misinformation that's out there about this Me Too clause. This is what I hear on the street and you probably hear the same. QP workers are underpaid and undervalued. They need a raise. Can I make the case that the public is saying the QP workers need a larger percentage raise than members of your union or of or of the elementary union? Can I make that case? Because that's what I'm hearing. Well, we have different groups, right? We mm. we represent about 40,000 teachers and occasional teachers in public high schools in the province, but again, about 20,000 education workers too, who many of them, we have some who are just barely above minimum wage. And with the increase to minimum wage, they're actually going to fall below with the percentages that are being offered by the government. So that really is a problem. We have to look at what's needed in Ontario to provide stability, to make students feel safe, to know that they have the supports in place. When we're looking at over over $2 billion going directly into parents' pockets, as opposed to staying within a school system. I've been asking people, how many kids are in your school? Multiply that number by $200, $200, which is the amount parents have been receiving. How much money is that? Would that have provided supports necessary? Would that be able to allow people to work one job or maybe cut it down to two jobs and continue to provide the supports for the province to the students of Ontario? I think I underestimated um, the impact that those payments to parents would have. And and while they, they, it may end up being valuable dollars, I get it. There's no way to prove parents will spend that money on tutoring sessions, tech and learning. But I, I'd make the case that you're just going to have to trust that it's going somewhere. And at the same time, I guess I didn't realize what a that educators would feel that those payments were, were a slap in the face to them. Is that how, how that was perceived by many? 
Well, when we're hearing from the government that there are limited funds, yet the Financial Accountability Office says that there's going to be a surplus, and then we hear there's no more money to make sure that education workers are appropriately paid, it makes it really challenging to say, well, what is going on when you add another, like I said, it's it's almost $3 billion now that have gotten, gone directly into pockets. And I understand people need that money. Gas is expensive. It's up again. Groceries are expensive. So we're not necessarily tracking that money to see where it's going. But when it's used collectively in the education system, it goes so much further. Imagine if there was a full-time mental health worker available in every school in the province, as opposed to, you know, a half a day a week, which is what it is in, in many cases right now. Karen Littlewood's kind enough to join us, OSSTF president on Toronto Today. It's a good question, I think. Um, early childhood educators, why aren't they in the teachers' unions? To me, they have to go to school. They have to get the same training. Um, they just don't seem as well fortified and protected as a, as a full-time grade 8 teacher or a full-time um, you know, history head, a, a department head in a high school. Why aren't they in the teachers' unions? Well, when the full-day kindergarten model was brought in, it was a model that had a teacher and an early childhood educator in the classroom. And it's an amazing model to have and to see the progress that happens with our youngest students in the province and what they're able to do. Um, there actually are some early childhood educators who do have teaching qualifications, mm-hmm. but choose to work as early childhood educators. The Education Act determines who the teachers are and what makes them teachers. So, you know, the government has control over that. We value every Everyone in the education system and the early childhood educators are a really necessary part of that kindergarten team for the youngest learners in the province. Can I make the case also that group was not well compensated under the Wynn government or the McGinty government? This did, this, I know where we're at now, but this didn't start yeah. in 2018, did it? No. Well, and and Greg, if you consider the disparities across the province for the pay, not just of the early childhood educators, but we might have a Catholic board and a public board where the pay is $5 an hour difference for for the education workers. So there's many disparities across the province. And instead, what the government does is put in a heavy handed bill that imposes a collective agreement that is not going to meet the needs of those workers, that is not going to meet the needs of their, their benefits plan. You hear the minister talk about, you know, all of the wonderful things that educators have, but what he's looking at and what he's offering is really well below what's needed in order to keep the system running. So to me, QP's workers in this this fight has become the story now. I think people like me just respond to what the big stories are every day, but has the aggression and the language, has that made it harder for your union to get a deal done? Yeah, well, the number of times the Minister of Education said CUPE yesterday, I think he was he was speaking directly to CUPE, but we are all part of the whole education system together. We work with different unions and different boards across the province, and we all play an integral part in that team. So for the minister to come out and really directly attack one union, what is he saying to the rest of the unions in the province who are in the midst of bargaining? We are, we, we're not in a strike position in OSSTF. Mm. We're going to work we're doing our jobs. We are continuing with bargaining. We have three days for education workers scheduled next week at the bargaining table. It makes me wonder what the tone is going to be if this is what's being imposed on the workers of CUPE. So, Karen, your next bargaining session starts next week. It's scheduled for three days. And right now, those, the, those, that's the schedule. 
Yes, it's a schedule and it's for the education workers. So we're looking at the custodians, the secretaries, the speech language pathologists, the child youth workers. We're looking at trying to make sure that we're going to be able to meet the demands of the province. We have a massive supply and demand issue, uh, issue um, especially in the education worker world, where people are getting jobs in private sector, where they're moving on to something else, where they will have something that will pay their mortgage, where they'll be able to pay the gas to get to work. So, you know, we're looking at at gaps and the inability to fill those absences where people are away. It's really becoming a crisis in Ontario. We only need to look to healthcare and the crisis that exists there right now to see where we are going to be headed in Ontario. We're taking a world-class education system and we're going to be taking funding away and shortchanging the students of the province and saying, here, make do. It feels like the one thing, the distinction I'd make between nurses and educators is this must be a tough thing to move on from. There's great benefits. There's time off for some. There's uh, obviously a pension at the end of things. There's I I made the point yesterday for custodians. I heard from a vice principal who loves his custodian and says he's got it really good, but he doesn't want to lose him. He doesn't want to lose him in case he can't afford the cost of living like these. I agree. These jobs are not very replaceable, but neither are some of the benefits for education workers. So it's not an easy decision. This isn't like walking from one retail environment to another retail environment, is it? Well, people make a a specific decision to work in the public education system because they believe in public education and they want to support the students of the province. When you look at job comparators outside of public education, for the most part, many of them make more than they do in education. And those education workers, as we've said many times, have multiple jobs in order to pay the mortgage. We're looking at people who make a decision to work in education because they feel like they can have an impact, a positive impact on the future of the province. So people are making those decisions and those choices to work in the school system, but now they're being told, sorry, you're not worth even bargaining at the table. For CUPE members to hear that the government is not bargaining with them anymore, what message is that? Oh, I agree with all of that. But the one distinction with Ontario healthcare workers, they can't legally strike. That's the one card they can't play because you know and I know in the last two years, (laughs) it's very possible if nurses could have, they would have gone on strike. And, they, yeah. and maybe they and maybe they would have been entitled to, but it's the one thing education workers do have. Well, and I'll be honest with you, we did think that that was a possibility was that we were going to be declared essential workers. According to the definition, uh, the health and safety of the province is not at risk when we are are not on the job. It is challenging. It's difficult, but we, it is not at risk as it is with healthcare workers. So I guess that's one small consolation that the government didn't decide to go that path, but instead they're going a path where they are imposing a collective agreement that doesn't meet the needs to keep the system going and saying, you know, Look out, all the rest of you unions, this is what we're going to do if you misbehave. Hey, Karen, I literally have 30 seconds. What are Ontario's high school teachers supposed to do Friday? What's the expectation on the, on the job or off the job? Yeah, as I said earlier, we're not in a legal strike position. We're going to support QP wherever we can. We will be going to work where schools are open. We will be, you know, doing what we can to say this is unacceptable and this is not the way we should be governed in the province of Ontario. Thanks for uh, fitting that in. Karen Littlewood, OSSTF president.